0: Everybody and welcome back to another episode of reading Harry Potter with an eleven-year-old. We're reading Harry Potter, chapter twelve, The Mirror of Erised, continued. Um, before this episode starts, please do make sure to share this with your friends and family if they enjoy listening to Harry Potter, and if you enjoy this, going to enjoy this episode today, please make sure to follow me on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And check out my other episodes too. So, without further ado, let's get started. So, that's all for today. The next chapter is chapter 13, Nicholas Flamel. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, This is one of the um, chapters that I read more than the others, so... I really hope you enjoyed it as well as I did. Um, please make sure to follow me on whatever platform you're listening to this on, And share this with your friends and family if they like listening to Harry Potter. Um, also, do make sure to check out my other episodes. And I will see you when I make another episode. See ya! Okay. Up on the high table, Dumbledore had swapped his pointed wizard's hat for a flowered bonnet and was chuckling merrily at a joke Professor Flitwick had just read him. Um, flaming Christmas Puddings followed the turkey. Percy nearly broke his teeth on a silver sickle embedded in his slice. Harry watched Hagrid getting redder and redder in the face as he asked for more wine, finally kissing Professor McGonagall on the cheek which, to to Harry's amazement, giggled and blushed, her top hat lopsided. When Harry finally left the table, he was laden down with a stack of things out of the crackers, including a pack of non explodable luminous balloons, a grow-your-own-warts kit, and his new wizard chess set. The white mice had disappeared, and Harry had a nasty feeling they were going to end up as Mrs. Norris's Christmas dinner. Harry and the Weasleys spent a happy afternoon having a furious snowball fight in the grounds. Then, cold, wet, and gasping for breath, they returned to the fire in the Gryffindor common room, where Harry broke into his new chess set by losing spectacularly to Ron. If he hadn't suspected, he wouldn't have lost so badly... He suspected if he wouldn't have lost so badly if Percy hadn't tried to help him so much. After a tea of, after a tea of turkey sandwich, turkey sandwiches, crumpets, trifle, Christmas cake. Everyone felt too sleepy to do much before bed, except sit and watch Percy chase Fred and George all over Gryffindor Tower because they'd stolen his prefect badge. It had been Harry's best Christmas day ever. Yet something had been nagging at the back of his mind all day. Not until he climbed into bed was he free to think about the invisibility cloak and whoever had sent it. Ron, full of turkey and cake, with nothing mysterious to bother him, fell asleep as so- as <sniffs> <sniffs> fell asleep almost as soon as he drawn the curtain of his four poster. Harry leant over the side of his own bed and pulled out the cloak from underneath it. His father's. It had, this had been his father's. He let, he let the material flow o- over his hands, smoother than silk, light as air. Use it well, the note had said. He, he had to try it now. He slipped out of the bed and wrapped the cloak around himself, looking down at his legs, and he only saw moonlight and shadow. It was very funny feeling it. Feeling. It was a very funny feeling. Use it well. Suddenly, Harry felt wide awake. The whole of Hogwarts was open to him in the cloak. In this cloak, in excitement, flooded through him as he stood there in the dark and silence. He could go anywhere, and Filch would never know. One grunted in his sleep. Should Harry wake him up? Something held him back. His father's cloak. He felt that this time, the first time, he wanted to use it alone. He crept out of the dormitory, down the stairs, across the common room, and climbed through the portrait hole. "Who's there?" squawked the fat lady. But Harry said nothing. He walked quickly down the corridor. Where should he go? He stopped. His heart racing, and thought. Then it came to the here, Then it came to him: the restricted section in the library. He'd be able to read as long as he liked, as long as it took him to find out who Flamel was. He set off drawing the invisibility cloak tied around him as he walked. The library was pitch black and very eerie. Harry lit a lamp to see his way along the rows of books. The lamp looked as though it was floating in mid-air, and even though Harry could feel his arm supporting it, the sight gave him the creeps. The restricted section was right over at the back of the library. Stepping over... The rope, which separated these books from the rest of the library. He held his lamp up from th- and read the titles. Blah. He held up his lamp at- to, ra- to read the titles. They didn't tell him much. In the peeling, gold letters spelled words in languages Harry couldn't understand. Some had no title at all. One book had a dark stain on it that looked horribly like blood. The hairs on Harry's um neck prickled maybe he was imagining it maybe not but he thought there was a faint whispering coming from the books as though they knew someone was there who shouldn't be he had to start somewhere setting the lamp da- down carefully on the floor he looked along the bookshelf for an interest it, for an interesting book a large black and silver volume caught his eyes he pulled it out um, with difficulty because it was very heavy, and balancing it on his knee, he let it fall open. A piercing, blood-curdling shriek split the silence. The book was screaming. Harry snapped it shut, but the shriek went on, high and unbroken, uh, on the one high, unbroken, ear-splitting note. He stumbled backwards and knocked over his lamp, which went out at once. Panicking, he heard footsteps coming down the corridor. Outside, stuffing for the shrieking book back on the shelf, he ran for it. He, he passed Filch almost in the doorway. Filch's pale, wild eyes looked straight through him, and Harry slipped under Mr. Filch's outstretched arm and streaked up the corridor, the book's um, shriek still ringing in his ears. He came to a sudden halt in front of a tall suit of armor, if he hadn't been so busy getting away from the library um it, he had been so busy getting away from the library, he hadn't paid attention to where he was going, perhaps because it was dark. He didn't recognize where it was at all. There was a suit of armor near the kitchens he knew, but he knew he must be five floors above. You asked me to come directly to you, Professor, if anyone was wondering. Around at night, and somebody's been in the restricted section. Harry felt the blood drain out of his face. Wherever he was, Filch must know must Filch must know a shortcut, because his soft, greasy voice was getting nearer. And to his horror, it was Snape who replied, "The restricted section. Well, they cannot be far." We will catch them. Harry stood rooted to the spot as Filch and Snape came around the corner ahead. They couldn't see him, of course, but it was a narrow corridor and they came much nearer. If they came much nearer, they knocked right into him. The cloak didn't stop him being soldered. He backed away as quietly as he could. A um, A door stood ajar for him on his left. It was his only hope he squeezed through it, holding his breath, trying not to move it, and to his relief, he managed to get inside without their noticing anything. They walked straight past um and Harry leant against the wall, deep, breathing deeply, listening to their footsteps dying away. That had been close, very close. It was a few seconds before he noticed anything about the room he had hidden in it was a dis it looked like a disused classroom the dark shapes of desks and chairs were piled against the walls but there was an upturned waste paper basket but propped against the wall facing him there was something that looked as if it didn't belong there something that looked as if it had been put there just to keep it out of harm's way there was a magnificent mirror as high as the ceiling with an ornate gold frame standing on the top of two clawed feet. There was an inscription carved on around the top. Erisidstra eru oyot ubi karfu oit on Wahosi. His panic faded now that there was no Snape or Filch. Um, Harry moved nearer to the mirror, wanting to look at himself, but saw no reflection again. He, st- he stepped in front of it. He had-, he had to clap his hands over his mouth to stop himself screaming. Um, he whirled around. His heart was pounding more furiously when the book had screamed, for he had not seen himself in the mirror but there was a whole crowd of people standing right behind him. But the room was empty. Breathing very fast, he turned slowly back to the mirror, and there he was, reflected in it, white and scared-looking, and there, reflected behind him, were at least ten others. Harry looked over his shoulder, but still, no one was there. Or were they all invisible, too? It was, in fact, a room full of invisible people, and this mirror's trick was that it reflected them. Invisible or not? He looked at the mirror again. A woman was standing behind his reflection and smiling at him and waving. He reached out a hand and felt the air behind him. If she was really there, she'd touch her, but their reflections were so close together, he only felt air. She and the other woman only existed in the mirror. She was a very pretty woman. She had dark hair and eyes. Um, Dark hair and her eyes. Her eyes were just like mine, Harry thought. Edging a little closer to the... Glass. Bright green. Exactly the same shape. But then he noticed that she was crying. Smiling. But crying at the same time. A tall, thin, black man. Standing um, next to her. Put his arm around her. He wore glasses and his hair was very untidy. It stuck up at the back, just like Harry's did. Harry was so close to the mirror now that his nose was nearly touching that of his reflection. Mum, he whispered, Dad? They just looked at him smiling. And slowly Harry began to look in the other faces in the faces of the other people, and saw that other pairs of green eyes like his other noses like his, even a little old man who looked as though he had Harry's knobbly knees, Harry was looking at his family for the first time in his life. The potters smiled and waved back at Harry, and he stared hungrily back at them. His hands pressed against the flat um, flat against the glass as though he was hoping to fall right through and reach them. He had a powerful kind of ache inside them inside him, half joy half-terrible sadness. How long he stood there, he did not know. The reflections did not fade, and he looked until a distant noise brought him back to his senses. He couldn't stay here. He had to find a way back to his bed. He tore his eyes away from his mother's face, whispered, ''I'll come back,'' then hurried off from the room. ''You could have woken me up,'' said Ron Crossley. ''You can come tonight. I'm going back. I want to show you the mirror.'' I'd like to see your mum and dad, said Ron eagerly. And I want and I want you to see the, your Weasley family. All the Weasleys, You'll be able to show, show me your brothers and everyone. And you can come you can come and see them any old time, said Ron. Just come around to my house this summer. Anyway, maybe it only shows dead people. Shame not fighting for Mel though. Oh give me a second. Um, shame not finding Flamel though. Have some bacon or something. Why aren't you eating anything? Harry couldn't eat. He had seen he would be seeing his parents again tonight. Um, he had almost forgotten about Flamel. He didn't. He didn't seem very important anymore. Who cared what that three-headed dog was guarding? And what did it matter if Snape stole it? Really? All right," said Ron. "Are you all right?" said Ron. "You look very odd." What Harry feared most was that he might not be able to find the mirror again, with Ron, Ron covered in the cloak too. They had to walk much more slowly the next night. Um, they tried retracing Harry's route from the library, wandering around the dark passageways for nearly an hour. "'I'm freezing,' said Ron, um, said Ron. "'Let's forget about the mirror and go back.' "'No!' Harry hissed. "'I know it's here somewhere.' They passed the direction Uh, They passed um, the ghost of a tall witch gliding in the opposite direction, but saw no one else. Ron started moaning. um, uh, Just as Ron started moaning, as his feet were dead cold, Harry spotted the suit of armour. It's here. Just yes. They pushed the door open. Harry dropped the cloak onto the floor from his shoulders and ran to the mirror. There they were. His mother and father beamed at the sight of him. See? Harry whispered. I-, I can't see anything. Look, look, look at them all. There are loads of them. I, I can only see you. Looking at properly. Go on, stand where I am. Harry stepped in the mirror aside with Ron in front of the mirror. He couldn't see his family anymore. Just Ron in his paisley pyjamas. Um, Ron, though, was staring transfixed at his image. Look at me," he said. "Can you see your family standing all around you? No, I'm alone. But I'm different. I look older, and I'm head boy. What? Uh, uh, and I'm wearing the badge like Bill used to. Uh, and I'm holding the house, um, holding the house cup, um, and the Quidditch cup. Uh, I'm Quidditch captain too. Ron tore his eyes away from the splendid sight to look excitedly at Harry. Do you think this mirror shows the future? How can it? All my family are dead. Let me have another look. You had it all to yourself last night. Give me a bit more time. You're only interested in holding the credits cup. What's so interesting about that? I want to see my parents. Don't push me. A sudden noise outside in the corridor put an end to their discussion. They hadn't realised how loudly they had been talking. Harry um, run through the cloak back over them, just as the luminous eyes of Miss Norris came round the door. Ron and Harry stood quite still, both working on s- both thinking the same thing. Did the cloak work on cats after what seemed an age? She turned and left. This isn't safe; she might have gone for filch. I bet she heard us. Come on, let's go um and harry pulled uh, Ron pulled Harry out of the classroom. The snow still hadn't melted um the next morning. Want to play some chess, Harry said Ron no. Why don't we go down and visit Harry? No, you go. I know what you're thinking, Harry. Um, don't go to that mirror um, tonight. Why? I don't know. I just got a bad feeling about it. And anyway, you've had too many close shades already. Filch, Snape, Miss Norris are, running around, are wandering around. So what if they can't see you? What if they walk into you? What if you knock over something? You sound like Hermione. I'm serious, Harry. You can't... Go this time. Let me just um, okay. You sound like Hermione. I'm serious, Harry. Do not go. But Harry only had one thought in his head, which was getting back to the front of the mirror, and Ron wasn't going to stop him. On the third night, on the third night, he found his um he found his way more quickly than before. He was walking so fast, he knew he was making more noise than wise than was wise, but he didn't meet anyone. And there it was, his mother and father smiling up at him again, and one of his grandfathers nodding happily. Harry set, um sank down onto the floor to sit in front of the mirror. There was nothing to stop him staying here all night with his family, nothing at all, except the sorrow then. Back again, Harry. Harry felt as though his insides had turned to ice. He looked behind him. Sitting on one of the desks behind the wall was none other than Albus Dumbledore. Um, Harry must have walked past, straight past him, so desperate to get to the mirror he hadn't even noticed him. I I didn't see you, sir. Strange how short-sighted you're um, being... Blah, 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 blah. strange how short-sighted being invisible can make you, said Dumbledore, and Harry was relieved to see that he was smiling, so said Dumbledore, slipping off the desk to sit on the floor with Harry, you like hundreds before, have discovered the the lights of the mirror of Erised. I didn't know it was called that, sir, <clears throat> but I expect you've realised by now what it does, and it-well, it shows me my family. And it showed your friend Ron himself as Head Boy. How did you know? I don't need a cloak to become invisible, Harry, said Dumbledore gently. Now, can you think what the Mirror of Erised shows us all? Harry shook his head. Let me explain. The happiest man on earth would be able to use the Mirror of Erised like a normal mirror. That is, he would look look into it and see himself exactly as he is. Does that help? Um, um, he said slowly. It shows us what we want. Whatever we want? Yes and no, said Dumbledore quietly. It shows us nothing more, nothing less, than the deepest, most desest- most desperate desire of our hearts. You have never known your family. See them standing all around you. Ronald Weasley, who has always been overshadowed by his own brothers, sees himself standing alone, the best of all of them. However, this mirror will give us neither knowledge or truth. Men have wasted away before it, um, entranced by what they have seen, or driven mad, not knowing if what what this shows is even real or possible. The mirror will be moved to a new home tomorrow, Harry, and I do not ask you to ever go looking for it ever again. If you ever happen to do run across it, um, you'll be prepared. Um, it does not do to dwell on dreams and live to f- and forget to live. Remember that. So why don't you put that admir- admirable cloak on and hop off to bed? Uh, Harry stood up. Sir, so, uh, Professor Dumbledore. Can I ask you something? Obviously, you've just done so, Dumbledore said, smiling. You may ask me one more thing, however. What do you see when you look in the mirror? I, I see myself holding a thick. I see my holding. I, I see myself holding a pair of thick woollen socks. Harry stared. One can never have enough socks, said Dumbledore. Another Christmas has come and gone, and pe- and I don't get a single pair. People insist on giving me books. It was only when he was back in bed that it struck to Harry that Dumbledore might as not have been truthful. But then, he thought, he shoved off Scabbers off his pillow, that it had been quite a personal question.